0: The WBFO Brief Podcast is made possible by Simon Business School, presenting the Simon Games, an online business simulation competition for MBA scholarships where participants act as the CEOs of their own businesses. Learn more at simon.rochester.edu simongames.
1: It's Monday, February 27th.
2: Today's WBFO Brief was recorded around 830 in the morning.
1: This is WBFO News. Here's Jay Moran. Republicans are ready to enter the race for Erie County Executive. Later this morning, party officials will gather at the Hurt Locker Gym in Clarence to announce their candidate, who will reportedly be Chrissy Casilio-Bloom, the owner of a marketing communications company. Erie County Republican Chair Michael Cracker will make the announcement at 11 this morning. Incumbent Mark Polencars and former Town of Grand Island Supervisor Nate McMurray have previously announced their intention to seek the Democratic Party line on the November ballot. Governor Kathy Hochul will be in town later today to highlight her budget proposals. She's scheduled to appear this afternoon at the University of Buffalo's Center for tomorrow. WBFO Albany correspondent Karen DeWitt will have more later this hour on how the state budget negotiations will be impacted by a reported $8.7 billion budget surplus. And gasoline prices took another plunge over the last week. In Buffalo, the average price of a gallon of unleaded gasoline sits at $3.38 this morning, which is 2 cents lower than one week ago. The national average fell 4 cents over the last week to 3.37. One year ago, that price was 3.60. According to the AAA of Western and Central New York, gas demand has risen slightly in recent days, which along with decreasing domestic stocks could bring up uh, price increases back to the pump. The favorability ratings for Governor Kathy Hochul and President Joe Biden are heading in opposite directions. The poll of New York voters conducted by the Siena Research Institute shows Governor Hochul's favorability rating slipping in the last month from 48 percent to 46 percent. President Biden has enjoyed a jump in favorability to 54 percent from 49 percent last month. Though some of the governor's poll numbers are down, many of her budget proposals are proving to be popular, including 70 percent of respondents who support basing minimum wage increases on the rate of inflation. Niagara Falls police say they've arrested three people in connection with a violent armed robbery. The incident occurred early Sunday morning near 10th Street and Ferry Avenue when the victim was struck in the head with a hammer while being held at gunpoint as thieves made off with his personal property. Around 8.15 in the morning, though, criminal investigation detectives and the emergency response team executed a search warrant at a Ferry Avenue residence where they recovered evidence and took three suspects into custody. The victim was eventually taken to ECMC for treatment. A boil water advisory has been issued for a village of Fredonia water customers. The alert follows a disruption at the water treatment plant that could have allowed for the presence of harmful microbes village of Fredonia customers should boil water to be used for drinking, cooking, making ice, and brushing teeth. Officials say water samples are being collected and are hopeful the advisory could be lifted late on Tuesday. Well, the New York state budget is due in just over one month. Governor Kathy Hochul recently released her financial report that shows the state with a healthy $8.7 billion surplus. But fiscal watchdogs as well as Republicans in the state legislature say they that will not last and they're urging caution when it comes to more spending. WBFO Albany correspondent Karen DeWitt reports.
0: Governor Hochul's proposed $227 billion spending plan is 2.4 percent larger than last year's budget. She wants to increase school aid by 10 percent to fulfill a promise to carry out a court order to fully fund the state's poorest schools. She also wants to increase health care spending, including on the state's portion of Medicaid, by 9 percent next year, or nearly $3 billion, and by 14 percent in the following year. That's higher than the average growth per year on under her predecessor, former Governor Andrew Cuomo. This year's surplus is due to higher-than-anticipated tax collections and leftover funds from federal relief packages. Hochul says that's enough to pay for the increases, but she says she knows that won't last, and she says we can't count on the sun shining forever. The umbrellas are out. A majority of economists are predicting a recession. But the good news is we're prepared. Hochul has already increased reserve funds from 4% of the total budget to 15% by the end of the new fiscal year for a total of $24 billion. Patrick Orecki with the fiscal watchdog group Citizens Budget Commission says the governor is smart to set aside money for the future. In the short term, accelerating the deposits to the reserves are a really, really good thing. That's big, um, and being prepared for a recession is really important. But he says the reserves aren't enough to offset the proposed spending increases that he says will cause a fiscal cliff. He says that could cause deficits as large as $9 billion in just a couple of years. Arecki believes the higher-than-expected tax revenue collections are an anomaly because of the changes to deducting state and local taxes from federal tax returns, known as SALT. He says the governor's own budget office predicts that tax revenues will start to decline beginning this year. The budget office also expects more bad news. Wage growth to slow by 2.4 percent and Wall Street bonuses, which are a significant source of tax revenue for the state, could decline steeply by 27 percent. Traditionally, the governor's budget proposal represents the floor for state spending and the legislature then tries to increase it. But Arecki says lawmakers would be wise to curb that impulse this year. An emphasis on restraining spending now and trying not to grow those gaps any further is really, really important. It'll make closing them in the future easier. The state Senate and Assembly are due to release their spending proposals on March 14th. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt.
1: Well, there are growing calls to close the Roxham Road crossing from northern New York into Quebec. The unofficial crossing has been used by growing numbers of asylum seekers to get into Canada, but Quebec has complained that the influx of refugees has placed too much of a burden on the province's social services and community aid groups. As correspondent Dan Karpachuk reports, the debate over a closure of the crossing is also on the rise.
2: The latest twist to the debate comes from opposition groups in Quebec and in Ottawa, and even the Premier, François Legault, is speaking out. I think it's important that everyone understands the problem of Quebec. In an opinion editorial, Legault called on Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to redirect asylum seekers to other provinces and saying it's time to do something about Roxham Road. Legault wrote that Trudeau's good intentions have become a real problem for Quebec. He says the number of asylum seekers arriving in Quebec through Roxham Road has exploded, reaching more than 39,000 in the past year, and services in his province are bursting at the seams. The mayor of Montreal has added her voice to those demanding something be done. She says asylum seekers are now adding to the homeless problem in her city. In Ottawa, Pierre Poliev, the leader of the official opposition Conservative Party, is also demanding that Trudeau close Roxham Road, saying he's done it before. He closed Roxham Road during the COVID period, but then he decided to reopen it. That was a decision. It wasn't an accident. So
1: we as a country can close that border crossing. If we are a real country, we have borders. And if this is a real prime minister, he is responsible for those borders.
2: But Prime Minister Trudeau says that approach is too simplistic a solution.
0: Yes, if Pierre Polyov wants to build a wall at Roxham Road, someone could do that. The problem is we have 6,000 kilometers worth of undefended shared border with the United States.
2: In Quebec, other politicians say the real solution lies in renegotiating the safe third country agreement where refugee claimants are required to ask for refugee protection in the first safe country they arrive in. And at official border crossings, a country can reject an asylum application if that person has already been granted protection by another country. So the answer for most is to use an unofficial crossing such as Roxham Road. Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois is with the Quebec Solidaire Party. The only sustainable solution here is to suspend or renegotiate the Safe Third Country Agreement. That would permit the people that want to access the territory of Quebec and Canada to do it crossing regular uh, border offices. This is the only sustainable solution. The Trudeau government has begun sending asylum seekers who cross into Quebec to other provinces, and that's easing some of the pressure on the French-speaking province. Trudeau also says talks are ongoing with the
0: U.S. about the problem. There are uh, continually ongoing conversations about how we can ensure uh, that it's not beneficial for people to uh, try and cross the border at great uh, personal expense, at great personal risk.
2: Some politicians, however, say it's not just a question of renegotiating the safe third country agreement, but the focus should be on Ottawa being better able to control the border. Meanwhile, there appears to be no end in sight for now for the number of asylum seekers heading for Roxham Road. Trudeau has maintained that closing Roxham won't stop them trying to get into Canada. It's an issue that's also plaguing some U.S. cities. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, recently said his administration helps asylum seekers by providing them tickets to go elsewhere, including Canada. For WBFO News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto.
1: The Ontario government says it has doubled the number of long-term care inspectors in the province. Long-term care minister Paul Calandra says part of the three-year, $72 million investment includes the hiring of 193 new long-term care inspection staff. Calandra says the new hires strengthen Ontario's inspection regime as part of changes brought in to bolster enforcement in late 2021. Those changes came in the wake of a scathing independent report that found the province's outdated oversight and chronic underfunding contributed to the COVID-19 pandemic's deadly consequences in long-term care. The Cattaraugus County Sheriff's Office is warning residents of a phone scam. The department says some residents have been receiving calls from an individual claiming to be from the sheriff's department who directs them to send money or the person will face federal charges. In another scam, an individual is informed they have failed to provide a DNA sample and were instructed to send money or face federal charges. The sheriff's office reminds the public to not give out personal information or send funds electronically over the phone. Moving on to sports, the Buffalo Sabres beat the Washington Capitals 7-4 to at KeyBank Center on Sunday. That's the third straight win for the Sabres. Dylan Cousins had the hat trick. Tage Thompson nodged his 40th goal for the Sabres, who... Uh, will be home tomorrow night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Local college basketball, St. Bonaventure, bounced back with an 89-76 victory over St. Joe's on Sunday. The Bonnies improved to 14-16 and 16 after losing five straight. Elsewhere, Niagara lost to St. Peter's. Canisius beat Fairfield.
2: Be sure to like or subscribe so you can help others find this podcast. And if you love it, by all means, leave a review to the WBFO Brief Podcast and the award-winning journalism of WBFO's news team, is made possible by members. Thanks for listening.